Ah, greetings. Care for a story? One of heroes and villains? Of swords and sorcery? Of romance and treachery? We'll pull up a chair and have a listen. and welcome to the RPG show. My name is Brent. I'm your host. This is a show we rate, review, and talk about RPGs. And with me today, I have my trusted companion, Nick. Springtime for Hitler Gantner. How you doing, man? What the fuck? What you never is seen? That... You never seen the producers? No. Oh my god! You've never seen the pro- oh, okay. The producers. What the hell is the producers? It's a it's a Mel Gibson movie. No, Mel Gibson. Shit. Uh, fuck. Now I can't think of his name. Shit. Did Spaceballs, uh, fuck, oh, shit. Why can't I think? It's Mel Brooks? A, Mel, it's a Mel Brooks movie, okay? And it's about these two producers, right? That They produce Broadway plays and stuff, and they can't, they can't, they can't win. So they come up with this idea to rip everybody off by making the worst, producing the worst play ever, and they sign this dude who has this play called Springtime for Hitler, and... It ends up actually being a huge success, and then they get caught. For, it's like it's really funny. Like if you've never seen the, they did a remake not too long ago with like Matthew Broderick and like Will Ferrell in it. That one's not as good as the original, but you should definitely check it out. Like it's pretty good. The okay. Producers. Well, I'll definitely have to give it a watch then. So yeah, I was, I was almost offended there for a minute. I can't believe you've never seen the producers. Well, I was born in 1989, and this film came out in 1968, so... Yeah, but it's one of those, like... Never mind. Don't worry about it. We're moving on. We're moving on. I'm not a film snob like you, Brent. I don't go out of my way to watch movies. I'm not a film snob. I just enjoy movies. Like, I don't sit down and go, well, the merits of Citizen Kane. No, 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 no. No, no. but you watch a new movie, and you're like, oh, I've seen this before. This is what's going to happen. Yeah, well, I mean, I can't help when I pick up on tropes and stuff. Like, I just and you just ruin it for everybody else, especially your wife. Apparently, I do not do that. She claims I do. I do not do that. All right, if you say so. I mean, I'll take your word for it. I I tend to ruin TV shows more often than I do movies. Cause like a movie, I'll just stay quiet till the end of it. Cause you know it's an hour. I can handle that. But a TV show, I'm like, oh god, they'll tell me they're going to do this. And then the next episode, they do it. And I'm like, oh, looky there. They did it. And Bernie's like, shut up. Just leave me alone. So, anyway, we're moving on away from uh, how much of a douche I am to something a little more happy. This is the last uh, show we will actually record before the holidays um, because our tabletop stuff is pre-recorded. So, we'll talk about that in a second. So, I just wanted kind of to wish everybody like a happy holidays because... Um, while we haven't gotten tremendous amounts of feedback, everyone that has left the feedback or even talked to us has been nothing but positive and everybody's been pretty, pretty awesome and pretty great. So, you know, except the Anderson guy. What? All right. Let's not, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Let's not do that right now. I mean, 
He's a bit of a douche. Just kidding. Just kidding. Awesome, Anderson. Uh, so we just want to tell everybody, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Hanukkah, whatever your your deal is. Um, that we appreciate everyone that listens and leaves reviews and talks to us and Don't leave Kwanzaa out of there. Or and Kwanzaa, I, I you know whatever. I'm not I'm not the uh, a font of world knowledge. Let's not go there. You know, uh, come on. They've been pushing Christmas Chris Hanukkah Kwanzaa forever. You should you should at least get the big three. No, I ignore that mostly. So fair enough. Um, but yeah, so there's that. Uh, so what have uh, what have what have what have we been up to? What have you been up to, Nick? It's like it's just been crazy for the past month. I feel like uh, we haven't really had a chance to talk about like what we've actually been up to and what we've been doing. Um, yeah, it's been I've been keeping up my busy schedule. You've been giving well, not you've been giving birth to a child, but your your wife has been giving birth to a child and doing all the baby stuff. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm just working. Going to school. I mean, other than uh, <laughs> other than the games we've been playing for the show, have you been really into any other games lately or movies, TV shows? What have you been kind of up to? Um, well, the whole Fallout 4 hype got me thinking mm-hmm. that I should try Fallout 3 um, because I had never tried it and everybody was always like, oh, it's a great game. And I was like, uh, it looks like brown everywhere. I don't understand mm-hmm. what's going on here. Um, and then I'm not the huge... I'm not the biggest fan of like Skyrim and Oblivion and really open world games. So I was kind of steered away from them. Like, don't get me wrong. They're, I guess they're objectively good games, um, but they're not really my speed so much. Like I will play through it once and enjoy it for like the first 10, 20 hours. And then be like, all right, this is a drag. I'm just going to finish it because I'm a completionist and I have to. Um, It's not overwhelmingly compelling experience to use right because most mostly when i play games i play them for the plot and in those particular games it's less about the moving any type of like you have a main plot or whatever but it's kind of shitty usually it's like five six main quests and then the the biggest bulk of the game is the exploration aspect Mm -hmm. doing all the side quests and piddling around in all these caves and forests and dungeons and bullshit so the story is what it, the story is your experience. Yeah, it's my driving factor when I play a game. Well, much. well, I'm saying in these games, the story is intended to be the player's experience, right? So, like, okay. instead of them telling you a narrative, the story of the game is everything your character does in this world. You get what I'm saying? I I understand what you're saying. Uh, okay, okay. It's just it's not what I like. I grew up on linear RPGs, and I will always want to play linear rpgs so yeah so that's cool um me like you said uh we had our baby girl last thursday so um that was pretty intense like just i'm not even gonna talk about how intense that was i'm just gonna leave that there so i've been busy with that um it's given me time to you know catch up on a few tv shows so i mean uh, i watched all the uh aka jessica jones which i can recommend really dark take on sort of um mind control and stuff um tenant does an excellent job uh playing very creepy uh watched all the man in the high castle also highly recommend that show it's a lot of great stuff to watch streaming now um been playing Paladin's Quest, of course. I have opinions on that. We'll talk about that in the the review show. Um, other than that, unfortunately, I haven't had a whole lot of time to do any other type of gaming. Like I've sort of fallen behind on some of my uh, my MMO stuff. 
Um, and so, I mean, it's been a lot of like, you know, like mobile titles, like a lot of tower defense games and that kind of shit. So, um, lame Yeah, whatever. I, I just haven't had the time, but it'll, it'll come back around as, as things settle. So, uh, one thing I do want to mention is next week on, if you haven't been listening to the tabletop stuff this past week, um, we did sort of a shadows of the iron Armada wrap up where, um, me and Nick talked to Marcus about his feelings on Dungeons and Dragons so far and, and his, in, cause it was sort of his, his intro into the role playing experience. So we talked to him a bit before we do that. We, um, give our review of kingdom death monster, um, a tabletop game that me and Nick have been playing, you know, sort of off and on when we have time, um, it's actually a pretty interesting show, believe it or not. If you know, role playing is not your, you know, forte. Um, and then we will be moving into starting next week. We will be starting my my fate campaign. So um, starting next week, you will sort of um, will be the um, world building episodes. Like you'll get three or four of those before we actually get into the play. But you'll hear us discuss um, the type of game they want to play, the worlds, all that kind of stuff. But I um. I think we've been having a lot of fun with it so far, so it's it's different than the Dungeons and Dragons. I know thing. I have. Um, it's less it's less listening to us say, uh, you know, like go through combat because a lot of the Dungeons and Dragons stuff was us, you know, like okay, I want to attack him with this spell, I want to attack him with that spell. It's this is more of a um, a very role narrative role play centric experience. So I'd say check it out. I haven't come up with uh, I still gotta work on some fucking intro for that and a banner, but. I'll get around to it. <laughs> so, I think that that's about covers it. I mean, uh, I mean, we'll talk about ways to talk to us and all that shit at the end. So, um, today, our main discussion, we are going to talk about, I know it's another list, but mm. like we said, we've been so busy, we haven't had a whole lot of time to do a lot of prep for some of the, the cooler stuff we like to do. Um, expect some of that to come back. Um, just, you know, today... We kind of had, you know, we're like, we got to record a show. We got something to talk about. And we went with this. So, um, but expect to see more of the stuff like Mage Fest and the trivia stuff come back. We just got to, you know, um, work in third people, third parties for that, you know, to come and go and do things with. So, you well, know, no, that, no, we are hiring interns to make <laughs> your application to podcast at the RPG show.com. Actually, don't do that because I will have to write a kind response back to you saying i don't know you um <laughs> so uh yeah just you know be patient we're we'll get back into that stuff it just requires a little more effort than we've had time to do so but today we're talking about our top five memorable story moments in rpg so these are moments that no matter how many games we play how no matter how far time has passed these are moments in a game story that is that really captured us that really stuck with us that really made us go holy shit right and um you know mine really aren't <laughs> mine are um so i mean it's it like me and nick have stated before we really look at the narrative experience in a game as one of its core features so it it's fair to say that things that happen that are good or um like we find compelling would stick with us for a period of time, no matter what Nick says, he's just being a, a dick right now. So, um, you want to start off with your number five, buddy? Um, I guess so. 
You guess All so. Right. I, yeah, I, I guess just fucking so. told you to do your number five. Why don't you shape up? Do you need a man? Who I don't I can't remember the next part of that fucking lyric. I didn't know I was it's the whole better shape up. Do 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 need a man. Do 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 like who's something. Something I don't know. something I, I mean it's been a long time since I watched fucking Grease. My God. <laughs> the only one I know is Grease Lightning. Anyway, I don't, I don't even know. I don't even know that. Like the only like it's I remember. Da, na, 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 something, something, something. Grease lightning, go grease lightning. Oh yeah. Something, something, something. something. <laughs> oh my god, this. I don't know. Like I remember, I remember Olivia Newton John's like uh uh physical. Let's get physical because that thing gets fucking parodied all the time. But that's the only thing I I can remember. I don't I don't remember too much from Grease. Like I don't know. That's more. My wife's bag than mine, I guess. I don't yeah, know. I don't think I've ever even seen the show or the movie. It's just those songs get played every I mean, so often. It's worth it to sort of understand why it was like such a huge, like cultural thing. I guess. I mean, like I can respect what Greece is, but I'm not like, yeah, let's fucking do the dance number in the in the diner or whatever with the hair salon people. I don't know. It was weird. Like there's one point where like there's a stairwell and a bunch of chicks dancing and singing in curlers. Um, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So okay. You're, really. you're number five. You want to give it to me? Come on. Um, I want you I'll to give it to you. Yeah. Give, give it to you. Good. Yeah. Okay. Um, my number five is going to be from star ocean two. Um, so, the particular event is going to be when the planet that your characters are on right now, uh, or that they were on, um, collides into this uh, other celestial object called Energy Need. And the whole shock value comes into you think you're going to be able to stop it, but you're not. And then the one of the characters, well, pretty much half of the characters in your party at this point in time, or more than that, are from that planet, so everything they've ever known is just gone in the blink of an eye. And you or your party went to this other planet to stop this from happening. And now, like the implications are like they where do they go from here? Like do they just start a new life on this planet they don't know anything about? Kind of thing. Um, so that like I didn't really expect that to happen the first time I saw it. I was like, oh, we're gonna stop them from doing whatever, and then that's it, and then. I was also young and naive, so that's that. It is kind of funny how similar our number fives are. Nick, I'm not gonna lie. Really? Um, this um, out of all of the moments on the list, this happened the most recent in my say gaming career, right? Um, and it was one of the first experiences I had where, I mean, there are a lot of setbacks in stories, right, where stuff happens and, or people die and, like, things happen, but this is the first time where it really felt like you lost. Like, you really lost. And that is in Final Fantasy VI, when Kefka destroys the world. Like, it's it's building up to this climax, like, you're going up here to, to fight him and do this thing, and it, like, he triggers essentially the doomsday and destroys the world. And it kind of fucking blew my mind. Like, okay, we just lost. Where do we go from here? And that's part of what makes six an awesome, um, title in the final fantasy series is that like, 
most of like a good portion of the game or like a good chunk of the story and the development of the characters happens after they lose. Like you, you don't expect to lose. And then the, the major part of the game sort of come after losing. Right. Especially since like, it's sort of like a, I don't want to call it like a midway reveal or something that happens midway, but it is like you play a good portion of the story and then boom, you lose. And then you still have a good portion left to go. So, um, yeah. I feel like it's a common trope in games, though, where like you you lose or you like you fight some things, you lose repeatedly, you get your ass kicked, but never in that kind of degree. Yeah, like, like that was kind of overwhelming. Yeah, because I mean, it's not like you know your characters died or like somebody died or well, like, somebody you, can if you don't save them, right? Well, yeah, you can lose shadow, but um, I mean, like this is literally <laughs> the world is gone, so um. Yeah, that's that's my number five, Kefka and his his doomsday. Okay, number four from all Nicholas. right. So number four, it's been a while, but I'm hoping I remember this properly. Uh, well, number four is from Valkyrie Profile. Okay. Um, so essentially, um, what's going on is you have taken a soldier from the battlefield and trained him up, and then sent him up to Valhalla as an Anheriar. Uh, to fight in the coming war. Um, however, uh, he, this particular character, recognizes the Valkyrie, and he doesn't know why. Um, she doesn't remember him. And it turns out that they were childhood friends, because um, the way that this works is when there's three Valkyries, and they share the same body. Mm-hmm. Um, so when one is, like, they only, they take turns being the Valkyrie. So when one is in charge, the other two are... Um, kind of, they're supposed to be asleep, uh, but for whatever reason, um, Lenneth was alive as a human, okay. um, in the world of Midgar, and she grew up with this kid named Lucian, and they were going to run away and be friends or be lovers or whatever when they were kids, because they were, like, in a slaver town, and she was about to be sold away into slavery, and, um, they end up running into this like this field of these flowers that apparently she's allergic to, and so she like suffocates to death. Oh wow! Um, but that's I think that was her just being called back to her body up in Valhalla. I can't remember exactly, but okay. anyway, uh, so he ends up growing up and like being this like freedom fighter kind of rebellion dude, and he gets killed trying to protect these kids in this town from slavers or something. Uh, so she comes and takes him, and he's like, "You look really familiar." Like, you don't remember who I am? And she's like, no. Are you going to fight or what? And he's like, oh, yeah, sure. Uh, so anyway, uh, he gets sent up. And this is the kind of the... Um, they can only do this on hard mode, first of all. And he is the pretty much the central figure in the plot that decides whether or not you get the true ending or the A ending or the, the crappier B ending. Okay. Um, so pretty much... He's up there just exploring, looking around, and he finds Loki up to do some tricky, devious shit. Um, and he's like, yo, I don't think you're supposed to be doing that. Because there's this thing called the Dragon Orb, which um, is just like an artifact that um, that's up there in Valhalla being protected so that we can misuse it. And Loki uh, does something with it, and then Lucian's there watching. Um, but Loki blames Lucian for it. So he gets like jailed and... Uh, all this kind of crap. Okay. And, um, like, for a while, you like nothing happens, because this happens earlier on, like, kind of the midpoint of the game, but you have to do specific stuff with Valkyrie to awaken her memories. 
Um, and then she remembers Lucian and all this kind of crap. And then she goes up to like see him and finds out that Loki's kind of sabotaged him or betrayed him or set him up rather and then taken the dragon orb for his own ends and uh, becomes this big, bad, awful asshole who tries to destroy the world. Okay. And uh, you got to stop him kind of thing. So. All right. All right. So he he became, Lucian became my favorite like RPG character because of all that. So. Okay. All right. I can see that. That's pretty cool. I look, that's, um, that's a game I haven't played that I actually look forward to us playing. I'm not going to lie. It is. I'm pretty excited well, about it. It's in my top five favorite games. So. We'll get there one day. One day. Eventually. So, so many titles to get through. It's PS1, so it's going to be a while. Yeah, we need to do some old shit before we get back to PS1, for sure. But the PS1 has so many good titles on it. It's hard. It's hard, but so does so does the Super NES. Super NES has a lot of good titles on it, too. It so. does. And Genesis has a couple. Like I know Sega CD has a couple uh, weird ones that would be um, cool to try. So Saturn has a couple that I want to try. I just never had a Saturn. Yep. So I mean we're we'll get there. We'll get there. Um all right, my number 4. Now this is one I'm kind of vague on, all right? Uh, but I I have the cutscene sort of engraved in my memory and how like I sort of like these turn of events sort of sort of blew my mind and sort of made me realize that um there are more like RPGs in the world than you know, fucking Final Fantasy, really. Um because I said before, like that's that was my my gateway drug, um, and uh, I want to say I don't know it was probably sometime in high school I don't remember when it was, but I was uh, I was perusing titles to pick up and I picked up a lovely title um, by the name of Soikoden Four. Okay, never played a Soikoden game before in my life, and you're sort of playing through the game and a lot of cool things are going, but um, you know it's. Uh, sort of weird convoluted story it's the you know it's number four so i felt like there was stuff i was missing out on but then you get to this point and i like the 15 or 20 minutes leading up to that point no recollection of but then i remember you crashed through a fucking like cliff with this ship that you now have it's now your ship right and then you sort of come to the realization like that, it, it it is this moment. Everything at this moment sort of culminates the fact that this hold the phone. You mean I'm going to recruit an absurd number of characters, all of which open up and change things on this ship? Blew my mind. Like I didn't know that there was an experience that it existed, and that sort of made me sort of go and seek out and play other titles in the series, which I wouldn't have those memories from those games and the awesome experiences in those games, if it was not for that sort of uh, culminative experience that I had in four, because like to this day, I just sort of remember just like, it just comes crashing through that fucking wall and you're sailing away from whoever's fucking chasing you. And like everything opens up. It's like, boom, you know what I'm saying? Like it's less of, it is a story beat in that game, but what it sort of... Uh, it's more of a personal... Yes, is what it sort of um, stood for in my gaming career is a little bit bigger. And that's why, like, I do have a sweet spot for Soikoden 4, right? Because it, it, objectively, it is probably the, one of the worst titles in the series. Objectively. But for but me... it's still a pretty good game. But for me, 
it sort of is like, yo, bro, you got to try other shit, right? And it's still sort of, there you go. I mean, that's what it is. I mean, yeah, it was, it's a pretty deep moment, but that's number four. Okay, I can respect that. Only better stuff is to come, man. So, Hope so. All right. It's going to be bad when half of this list is Suikoden games. Uh, I have no more Suikoden on mine, so. Oh, well then, that's good. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. Okay. Uh, Numero tres. Okay. I said that right this time. Okay. Um, it's going to be Wild Arms. Okay. Now, I think you might know where I'm going with this, but. Maybe. Um, there's a point in the game where you've been controlling your three characters for a while now, and they've kind of come into a friendship, sort of. Uh, but there's one particular character who hardly ever, if ever, says anything, and that is Rudy. Now, during one of these encounters where you're up into the uh, demonites like lair and you're trying to defeat the mother, mm-hmm. um, like this vortex gets summoned and... Um, I believe, if I remember correctly, you're trying to suck the demonites into them, into that vortex to get rid of them. Okay. Um, and I can't remember who exactly it is, but I think it's uh, Zeke, Freed, mm-hmm. who throws out this like whip chain or something like that, and it latches on to Rudy's arm, and so he's getting sucked into the portal now too. Um, and his solution is to just chop his arm off. Oh yeah, so, that's fucking brutal, like, man. Like, my first time playing this, I'm like, oh, shit, what's going to happen? And then his arm just falls off. And then, like, little, like, lightning, like, electricity starts sparking out of it. And I'm like, what? What? He's a fucking robot? Yeah, what? that is intense. So, that was a good one. That was, uh, was one of my particularly favorite hype moments. Because then all the other characters like, uh, what the fuck? He's been a robot this whole time. Like, uh, what do we yeah. do about this? Do we keep adventuring with him? Or do we, do we get him fixed? Or what's going on? It was kind of like a dilemma. Like... The whole man versus machine type thing. They're like, Especially can we trust him anymore? Machines are notoriously evil in this, yes. in this world. Like, that's something to mention. Like, if you didn't listen to our Wild Arms review, machines are not are no bueno in this game. And he he turns out to be essentially one of the, like the of the same sort of origin as the things you're fighting, and it's it's mm-hmm. intense. Yeah, the only reason he's even remotely good is because he was like brain not brainwashed, but like I think he got his memory wiped. Um, a while ago, and then his grandfather, quote unquote, um, like raised him to be a nice person. So that's oh, the only reason he hasn't been on a mass killing spree. And oh, wild arms, that. bringing bringing that uh, nurture versus nature argument home. Well, I exactly. didn't even think about it. I didn't even <laughs> think that would. I didn't even, that didn't even register when we played the game. Now yeah. I'm like that has a very strong stance on <laughs> nurture versus nature. Okay. Exactly. All right. Exactly. So yeah, that's going to be uh, my number three. All right. No, that's that's a solid number three. Um, it, it's a good moment. I mean, I'd kind of forgotten about it since wa- I hadn't played Wild Arms until um, we did it for the show. And so, like, we've had a, I've had a lot of new titles back to back to back. So, um, but yeah, no, when I think about it, when you when you said Wild Arms, I'm like thinking, all right, there was a plot test in Wild Arms, Wild Arms, Wild Arms. You start talking, I'm like, oh, fucking talking about it. he's a robot. That's amazing. That's a good mm-hmm. one. Sounds so, straight. Um, all right, my number three. Now. This is uh, from a Final Fantasy title. It's the second one in my list. The second Final Fantasy moment in my list. Because uh, my my childhood has a lot of Final Fantasy in it, okay? Let's just move on, accept it, and just live our lives. 
Um, but it is another game where you're, you know, you're recruiting people and you, you, you're, you're building up these friendships and then like you are, it is like a literal stab in the gut moment where you're like that worthless, slimy little motherfucker. And that is when Tietra is brutally shot and killed by a, by fucking Algus and Final Fantasy Tactics. Um, Damn, that is a good like, one. Like, you save his ass in the planes, and you sort of defend him. And, like, just because, like, their common birth, this fucker who you've taken in and is sort of accepted as a friend, boom. Shoots you right in the gut. This is what we gotta do. No, it's not what you have to do, you worthless sack of shit. So, that's, that is... My number, my number three, like it, it sort of stands as a moment where it puts your character on the wrong side, right? So like it, it serves as a good moment where your character who is supposed to be like a member of a family that is on the up and up sort of becomes an outlaw, right? And well, that's because he doesn't agree with what his older brother just told the dude to do. I agree. I agree. And, and well, I'm saying that's what the moment sort of it sort of enables like you to be on the run and do all this thing. And sort of uh, Final Fantasy Tactics is a lot of like uh, it's a very uh, politically charged game. So there's a lot of like your character. Like this is the first instance out of many in this game where your character is framed for something that the populace literally has no idea how it actually went down. Like, and he's painted as this terrible, like rebel and shit. And it's, I think would it, if we just let him die in the planes, I don't think any of this would have happened. Yeah, there would have been a completely different game, been a completely different game. So, I mean, there you go. So he's arguably the most important character in the game then. Yeah, no, he is. A, he, I, I would say arguably. Yeah. Incredibly. Sort of like he is the, uh, what do they call that? The catalyst? Like the catalyst, but I think there's a bigger word that I don't remember now. Um, yeah, but he's the catalyst that sort of sets, like, Delita on his path. Because while we play as Ramza, Delita's arguably the, uh, like, the like lead. The main, the main plot, plot character, yeah. Yeah, like, he's the main driving force in the plot, uh, more often than not. Because a lot of, even though Rams is making decisions and doing things, like it all seems either to Delita's plan or is your decisions are changed based on a decision that Delita's already made. So like Delita's digging the ditch and you're just kind of like filling and trying to like go through it, you know? Um, And so like without that worthless little twat muffin, of course they made him blonde. Like he has to, he has to look like a little Hitler youth in his fucking little model. So just That's saying, true. he does. Just saying. Um. But yeah, no, my number three, the uh, death of Tietra. That's um, a good, good one. Damn. Um, I'm I'm wondering what the hell your last two are. They're they're both uh, pretty good. Okay. Um. Well, these last two that I've got are going to be from the same series, so that's all right. We you, already you know folks what at home just we, deal with it. We already know what series they're from, so you can just move on. <laughs> all right. Uh, so for number two, uh, it's going to be in Suikoden two. 
Okay. Um, when Luca sacrifices nearly the entire city of Muse uh, to power up the Beast Rune, mm-hmm. um, because you know, like you know, every, at this point in time, everybody knows that Luca Blight's like this psychopath. Um, but like, even mo- like most people would think, even psychopaths have some kind of moral compass, some sort but of this, limit. Right. Yeah, so this like there's a line that they don't cross. Like there's some point where just like all right, enough's enough. Like I I'm I know I'm an asshole. I'm evil. I can't. But that's just a bit or, too evil for or, me. Or even uh, even in the story uh, plot points, like you know, like there are characters that are capable of such such deeds, but you always manage to stop them right beforehand. This true. this is a scene that you were shown and you were helpless. You know? There's nothing you can do to stop it. Exactly. So, uh, in essence, what happens is, if I recall correctly, uh, Luca uh, pretty much just tells the Beast Ruin to go ape shit or whatever because he summons his golden wolf things and they just devour yep. pretty much the entire populace of Muse. And I think this is while you're out trying to stop something else from happening in another part of the country. Um, and then like you you either, I can't remember if you're here or you just come back to the, des- the, des- the desolation and you're like, holy shit, what just um, happened? If, I think you're sort of recoiling from being sent out of Muse, like watching Joey assassinate what's her face, and then sort okay. of you're on the run and you are like making the U turn to come back and see what you can do about it. And then yeah. at that point, like the characters realize not so much like, I mean, the player realizes, but the characters not so much that it's too late. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And you're right. That that moment is fucking brutal. Like it, it, and for me, it was one that took a moment to like sink in because like you're, I'm watching it happen, and then like the like you see the scene and like the 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 wolf um spirit ghost thing like goes towards the sky like the the sky howls and then dissipates and I'm like hold the fuck up, he just killed all of those people, yeah, and it was like. Is fucking. I, I mean, it was brutal. Like, I don't know how else to describe like how it felt at that because this this was almost on my list, but I knew you would cover it, so I was like, no, nah, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Nick hit that one because it is it's legit, man. Well, thank you, Brent. <laughs> like, it, and you're right. It sort of solidifies how apeshit Luca Blight is. I think more than anything, it drives home the the fact it's no longer just an idea anymore like oh, we have to stop this it's now a fact like we need this dude needs to die like, and we're going to do it and it's it's going to happen kind of thing so and um i was, was just, i was just going to add it's one of those poignant uh soikinen moments where it sort of crosses this line between it's because like you can get lost in sort of the um feel of a soikinen story where like he's just a mad ruler like there's literally like there's no nuclear bombs in play, right? Like you get mm-hmm. lost in this just political melodrama going on and they hit you with something that, and you realize like, no, this dude has the power at his disposal to wipe out entire cities, entire countries. Like he could probably go on a campaign by himself, just murdering everybody in the countryside. Um, but he chooses not to. And it's sort of, elevates the stakes much higher mm-hmm. when they do that. And, and I think it's a, that's a staple of Soikin and storytelling right there. Like it is, it is, but it is executed extremely well. in so exactly. too. So there's a reason why it's the number one Soikin game that it is. 
with I mean, like we could do a top five Soikin games, but our list would be probably really close to the same. So because uh, it's just opinion for um, most of them. For most of them, yeah. But I mean, when everyone's opinions sort of fall in the same, you know, rank and file, then it, objectively, they're probably you know some, you know, better than whatever. You get yeah. what I'm saying? I feel you. Anything else you want to add about Luca Blight and his crazy craziness? Um, none of that. He's just he's just one of my favorite villains. That's all. Like, like there's something inspiring, sort of, about like this guy who knows he's fucking the the greatest thing to ever grace this land, and instead of, um, well, I guess I wouldn't say inspiring, but you know, there's something about it's it. It's a weird choice of words, Nick. It's uh well like he's like he's got all this power and instead of being a force of good he is a selfish prick and he shows that he's not completely an asshole because he takes care of his sister mm-hmm. sort of even though yeah but then he he's willing her. he's willing to trade her off in marriage to kill their father yeah because well that's because like he blames her for his mother's death or whatever yeah well there's that so like so we could end saying there's a sniveling little mama's boy in every grown maniac yes. Yes, so it's just, I don't know, I like, there's something about him that's magnetic, and I guess it's maybe my personality, like, because I like darker things, so. He is a maniac, uh, he's, he's straight up crazy. He's, I think he's pretty damn awesome. So I understand, I understand that he's not a positive role model, but at the same time, it's a cool character, Sam. All right. Um, My number two. Um, Now, this is a bit of a fudge. Um, because whether this game falls into the RPG category or not is debatable. Um, I lean more towards the yes, but barely. Um, and it is a moment from Ocarina of Time. Okay. One of the Zelda series. This is an RPG on a technicality. Yes. On it, it is barely an RPG. Like it fits the criteria, but doesn't quite execute the same way. Like it is. It's its own weird little subgenre, you know. It's, a, it's called an adventure game. Yeah, but but not really. Like it's a little different than other adventure games, kinda. Because I mean, you you get more powerful by killing creatures. So I mean, yeah. I mean, what? You mean you get rupees? You no. Can use how, your equipment? How, how else do you get heart pieces and get more powerful by killing? That's bosses? just restoring your health, though. But it, you get you, you can take more hits. Like you are essentially getting stronger when you get. But you heart pieces. you only get more heart pieces when you either kill a boss, yeah, or you find a heart container piece that you put well, together. I mean, it's a technicality. All right, we're not going to argue this right now. All right. <laughs> okay. Like, uh, I'm barely on the yes side. Okay, can we just All both right. be barely on the yes side with me for right well, now I'll, for this I'll moment? I'll be sternly on the no side, but you can you can be in your opinion on. Why the yes can't side. you be barely on the yes side with me, man? Why can't you support me in my decisions? Because I don't feel like this is an RPG. But if you feel why, like it's an why RPG, we have to, why do we have to do this right now? Why why can't you just be on my side, man? You let me down. I can't always be on your side. You're never on my side. I'm asking you to be on my side one time. What are you talking about? I'm on your side about a lot of stuff. Fair enough. All right, we'll just move on. Jesus um, Christ! Stop making drama where there's no drama. All right, we don't have Glenn here anymore, so we can't pick on him. So you got to pick on me. That's how it is. No, I just have to argue with you. I'm not actually picking on you. I haven't actually picked. On I know. You. I know. I mean, whatever. Okay. Um, but it is sort of when you start 
Ocarina of Time, right? You you got to deal with the like, hey, Navi, Navi, blah blah blah, and then you're going around. And you collect. You got to get a sword and a shield, and then you can go visit the Deku Tree because the Deku Tree has summoned you. But you sort of get past that sniveling cockhead that is blocking you from going there. <laughs> that guy, he can go choke on a chode. But and like one and two on my list are very sort of early in my gaming career, if you could say, like, that aren't, and when I say my gaming careers, I mean, like, games that aren't Super Mario Brothers, that aren't um, fucking Mario Party, that aren't uh, GoldenEye, that aren't uh, uh, RC Racing, like, aren't Twisted Metal, that, that aren't these... Um, that are RPGs, pretty much. That are... Uh, a different experience right because like you know you look back if i played a lot of games that were just they're just games right there's there's a like you either play them at a party with friends or you play for a high score like i'm when i talk about um like i want to say legitimate games but i'm talking about games where there is a narrative there is a purpose there is um like you're not playing for a high score you're playing to complete an experience okay um and Sort of, you get through this tunnel and you get this amazing cutscene, right? Where you walk in and it just pans up and you see this ginormous tree. And you, it's sort of when you get that speech that there is in every Zelda game where it's like, you have to save the world, Link. This is up to you. Um, and this was not my first Zelda game. My first Zelda game was actually um, A Link to the Past for the Super Nintendo, which is arguably. Um, the best Zelda game. I mean, we'll just go with that. But um, it's at least my favorite. But I think the it's up to you scene in that game because they're all like Zelda does pretty well in most of the games, with the exception of maybe like the first two, where uh, it's a very moving scene almost every time where they're like, "No, this it's up to you. You have to save the princess. You have to save the world." And um, the reason this moment is my number two, because I, I do enjoy the Zelda games, and I feel like this is the best of all those moments, of all the moments in all the Zelda games where it's sort of, it's that, that moment where you are, like, this is real. You're the hero, Link. You have to save the world. Um, the interaction with the Deku Tree and Ocarina of Time, narratively, um, sort of the right music, the right scene, it just feels the best, and so that's why it's my number two, because okay. um, collectively, like I said, across the series, like they all have that moment, and they're all pretty powerful in their own right, but the moment with the Deku Tree is probably the best, and I felt like those moments in those games needed to be mentioned on this list, because they are narrative experiences, even though they're more adventure gaming, because I would say they have better narrative experiences and world building than other adventure games, arguably. Um, sure. Better than, you know, like a Mario or a Crash Bandicoot or even like a, um, like Uncharted's okay, but that's more of a shooter than an adventure game. Like it's, it's a muddy ground. So, um, well, the state of gaming today, most genres are getting mixed up in different ways to create new experiences. Yeah, yeah. So, so, um, and that argument's the same argument you can make about, why Marvel's been successful with superhero movies because mm-hmm. they, they mask other genres with that superhero veil. Um, but um, 
Yeah, so the the Deku tree. Um, you're the hero, Link. Save the world, save the princess. Save the cheerleader, save the world. <laughs> ah, that's funny. That's that's good. Where'd you go? You there? Uh, you give me one minute. Okay. Uh-oh. Yeah, Deku tree. Man, Link's uh, getting legit with his people. Telling them to shut the fuck up. That's right. That's right, we're coming back to this. Just killing time, because I got nothing to say. I mean... I could sing for you, but I'm not nearly as uh, good at it as Nick is. I mean, I could be like, jingle bells, jingle bell, jingle bell rock. That's all I got. That's all I got. I mean, yeah. Hmm. I wonder what his one's going to be. Well, we know it's Soikiden, so I bet you it's Soikiden 1. What could it be from Soikiden 1? Hmm. I don't think too hard about it because of the spoiler. All right. You all can right. stop, like, just try to kill time. Oh, yeah. Sorry. My bad. My sister came over with a present she got for her birthday, and it was just a giant like 64 ounce mug that says I like big mugs and I cannot lie. So clever. I don't, she felt like she had to show it to me and then talk about it. So. Spencer's gifts. Got it. Awesome. Yeah. So, uh, I guess we're on to number one. You're on to your number one, man. Okay. So you probably know what this is already. I want to, I want you to guess. What is this? I know it's from so in one, but okay. uh, I couldn't tell you what it is. Well, that's a shame because it's the most emotional moment in the entire game. So, uh, your your party has gone into the Solite prison, I think. Okay. Uh, or Solaire, something like that. I don't know. Because um, you need you need to free Lucian, the healer, so that he can get the medicine to uh, destroy the giant poisonous plant that's around. Um, Oh, the castle. I know what it is. So you Never go down, mind. you save Lucian, and then you come back up. And surprise, um, Oppenheimer is waiting for you right at the entrance to the prison. Now, when you're first walking through here, you may notice this weird kind of contraption. Um, like in the main doorway, um, you've got these two heavy doors or whatever that are controlled by a switch. Yep. Um, so... You walk through, you open the door with a switch, you walk on through. Um, you come back up, you go through the doorway, and Oppenheimer's there at the opposite doorway, and he's like, ha you think you could get away, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then he throws these, like, uh, man-eating spores on the ground. And your party's like, oh, shit, what do we do, what do we do? Um, so they retreat back into the doorway that they came from, and Gremio um decides to play hero and closes the door behind everybody else and stays in the room with the mandating spores mm-hmm. um and he is eaten alive yep while everybody else in the party is like grimio stop open the door don't do this and he's like young master um it gets all sentimental and i cheered up my first time because i was like oh my god i can't believe this is happening right now um uh, because the only other main character death I had really ever experienced. Um, I hadn't experienced yet. So this was my first, wow, somebody important to the game and the plot has just died. Like, they just, they just sacrificed themselves. Um, and it was, like, a turning point, sort of, for me. Like, where I... Because, like, I had played a couple of RPGs, and they were just like, oh, this is, like... It was more, like, shonen-type storylines mm-hmm. with, like, Breath of Fire, where, like, all right, you get powerful, you save the world. Um, like Lufia, you go through, you get powerful, you stop these giant, uh, or not the giant, but these like uh, evil bastards from destroying the world. Um, you like all these games where it's mostly just you get stronger and stop the big bad. Mm-hmm. 
whereas in like Suikoden is like like we were saying it's so politically uh motivated in its uh storyline and you get more attached to the characters that way mm-hmm. that this was the first time that I like I was like holy fuck I've got feels and I'm like fuck like eight or nine or something like that playing this shit mm-hmm. and I'm like what are these feelings that I'm having right now <laughs> like an attachment to a non-living person what is this so um yeah and again and in the in the, in the game um it's got like a a big impact on the characters like everybody's morale's down um nobody wants to do anything anymore um especially the main character he's like i just lost my uh like i don't know if he's his best friend but he's definitely his manservant so i mean i guess best friend because he kind of grew up with the guy um well then again ted was his best friend too so i don't know i but, feel like, like somebody was more like like, like a, a, like a, a nanny father like the way the way he talked to him was like he was his nanny he was weird well, yeah because grimmy was a weird person though yeah i get that he's just like yes master no master can i help you with that master like like come on dude like i know they were all employees like pawn uh clay cleo yeah but, um, but see, grimmy were all employees of Tio, but none of them were like yes master no master like he is a different breed yeah, but see, he cooked and cleaned, and it felt like his job was to take care of the main character. Like, so, like, I don't know. Like, I just got the nanny vibe from him. Okay, no, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with that. But imagine, imagine somebody that took care of you your whole life just died. Yeah, it's recently. Like if, it's like if Bruce Wayne yeah. lost Alfred, really. Pretty much. If Alfred was an axe wielding combatant. Mm-hmm. You got eaten alive by man eating plants. Flesh eating spores. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, so that's my number one. Uh, yeah, it's weird how our number fives were like big pivotal moments where you lose, right? Like, mm-hmm. and our number ones are both moments where were our first emotional experiences with a video game. So, um, mine's is this probably Final Fantasy Seven. It is. It's okay. it's very easy to predict because it is my intro drug. It is the first narrative experience I played, and it is of course, um, Eris of Death and Final Fantasy Seven. Now, let me give you a little background as to why. Because if I think I played through something like that now, like, it wouldn't affect me like it did then, right? Um, it may be because I was affected like that then. Um, so, like, now I'm prepared for, like, people to die. I don't know. Maybe just my sensibilities are different. But um, I think I've covered this before on the show. But uh, I played this at uh, a caregiver's house. So this is where I was before and after school. And I was never allowed to use the memory card. Okay, so I played through the first part of Final Fantasy VII a lot. Like, I got through um, essentially the Shinra building, I don't know, a dozen, two dozen times, a lot. So, Eris is a big character in that. Like, you, you sort of become attached to her as a character. So, when I got out I could finally start saving the game and um that kind of stuff like she was a main character in my party like she was you know my healer my whatever um and then you get to this part and where you know then it enters this cutscene and I'm like hold up this can't be good like I already sort of had bad feelings um at that point in time and cuz in my mind, I was I was young. I was it was a kid. Like you know, they're not gonna kill somebody, right? That's no. 
they don't I don't even think I'd seen a lot of movies where main characters had died at that point, right? Like that was a new concept to me, like killing off a main character. Um and sure enough, down comes Sephiroth. Well, not Sephiroth, it's technically part of Genova, but whatever. Um semantics. And kills Aaron. And the cutscene itself is executed so incredibly well because they sort of take her theme and they slow it down. And then after sort of like the death stroke, if you will, um, like you get a lot of time. Like there is a lot of cutscene left after she dies. It just fucking pulls on your emotions. It's like if Grimio had died and like there's this long quasi silent like uh funeral scene afterwards where it's just like yep we hit you with it and now we're gonna pour fucking salt in the wound kind of thing and it was intense for me like and the worst part was i hit that right before i had to get on the school bus and go to work uh go to school and it was like like i was just sitting on the school bus like my mind is blown right and it's i don't know uh it it sticks with me to this day that it sort of is a uh sort of sold me on video games as a narrative experience because those already kind of i was already into movies already like to read like so i already accepted those as sort of emotional experiences and this was the first time where i'm like fuck video games can really do that right like they can legitimately do that and that sort of sparked my interest in older video games like you know it's sort of it's like, no, I need to play more games where they're telling me a story. Like, fuck this jumping from platform to platform thing. Like, that's good and all, but no, I want, you got to tell me a story now. Like, from that point forward, like, if you didn't tell me a story, I give zero fucks about your game, really. <laughs> Damn. So, that's, I mean... Pretty intense. Well, because once, once you set the bar, you sort of like, like, okay, you can tell me a story, so now why aren't you? Yeah. Like, that yeah. becomes the question. Um so, my number one, the death of Eris. Now, I'm gonna ask you: Do you have any that were close to making your list? Because I got a couple, like that you would like um, to mention. Like, not necessarily rank, just be like, oh, I must do this in there. I must do this in there. What do you got? Shit. Well, I'll go first. Well, okay. <laughs> um, like, just to counter the Eris death, the intro to FF7 is always sort of uh, like a wash of nostalgia like that, that zoom in on the train station uh, at the reactor and cloud like flips off of it. Like every time I'm like, fuck yes, let's do this. I'm in it to win it. Um, the intro to final fantasy 12, because um, you're playing as this character and then like all this shit happens. Like your, your character is like brutally fucking murdered, like trying to defend the care, uh, his kingdom. And then it cuts to another character. It's sort of, it's sort of like the, uh, what do they call that? Um, like a false start or uh, like a cold, like not a cold open, but like you're just kind of thrown into it and then you die and you start as your real character. And then um, I guess you can consider it like it's more of an MMO moment, like, um, but it's sort of a story beat for me. Um, when you defeat the Lich King in uh, Warcraft, that was because like that's that's pulling on all this story you got out of Warcraft 3 that was like a super huge moment for me. I'm like, this is fucking rad. Um Sort of, I to this day I remember Jaha getting kicked through the side of the boat in Shining Force Two. I don't know why. It just made me laugh. Um, ah man, what are some others? I, there's a lot of them out there that didn't make the list. 
What about you? The big issue is that I don't remember them until I see like the game. Yeah. Like I had to go. I'm not gonna lie. I had to go to like my game shelf and look at the games. I'm like, all right, let me figure out. Let me recall my memory because my memory is not the best, especially for mm-hmm. uh, most things that I don't find important. Okay. Um, but one thing that I remember that I just remembered uh, was in Legend of Dragoon when Lavitz dies. Yeah. Um, that was always a big moment for me when I was a kid. Um, and everyone screaming at their iPod, the uh, Jectus Sin moment, you can take that and shove it because. Oh, yeah, because it's lame. It's lame. I called it from a mile away. Oh, oh, here's one. Um, oh, I don't know if I want to ruin this though for everybody. It's a Botan Kaitos spoiler. It's and it's a pretty big spoiler, so I'm not gonna say it. But there's yeah, something okay, about Botan Kaitos that is fucking epic, and I can't remember. I just rem- I can't believe I just remembered this, but it's it almost makes the game. It almost okay. makes the game. Okay. With how how good it is, so we need to like actually play that, so you have that experience yourself. Okay. All right. Um, because it's like if even if I even hint at it a little bit, you'll you'll get it as soon as you start playing the game. All so. right. Then don't then don't hint at it. Um. Oh, there's one. Um, Final Fa- I mean, not Final Fantasy, but Fire Emblem. Um, oh, God. The same way that you count Ocarina of Time as an RPG, I'm going to count Fire Emblem as I an count, RPG. I count Fire Emblem as an RPG because you level up, you change classes. Like, I count it as a fucking RPG. Okay, okay. Um, can't remember which one exactly it is, but it's either... It's like, it's, I think it's number four, Fire Emblem 4. Um, you start the game, and you're playing as these uh, like elder princes and princelets and... Uh, and all that kind of stuff, and you're going around, and you're you're fighting a campaign, and then uh, like some plot stuff happens, um, and I I think it's that one of the main characters, either it's his sister or his, or his wife or something like that, gets taken and uh, by the opposing um, bad guy, and up until this point in time, like you've met, you've had a couple chapters, and you've had chances to have your characters have uh, relationships with each other, with the way that the support system works in these games. Uh-huh. Um, so depending on what you do is going to influence the future, but at a certain point, um, like this opposing king, like he just wins, like he wins whatever is going on. Like, so I can't remember exactly. It's been a long time since I've played it and looked up the story, but, um, through some machinations, like something happened where your main character and his party are either like they, they're trapped or like they're ambushed or something like that happens. And like they're in a lose, lose situation and, uh, they just have to surrender. And then the other guy just butchers everybody. He just kills everybody. And you're like, holy fuck, my whole party just died. Everybody, everybody's dead. That is and one of the like, early titles, isn't it? I'm trying to think which one it is. Because I don't remember exactly what you're talking about. And then the next chapter is just, all right, you're the kids that you made with mm-hmm. these characters. Yep. And uh, you're going on to take vengeance. And it's been like a couple years like later or whatever. And the whole, like it's, it goes from the kingdoms being a certain way to just everything is fucked up now because. Yeah. All your characters, your characters before just died, and oh. you're on this whole different storyline path. I so remember that it's, was intense. It's definitely interesting. So. Um, uh, the intro, like the first level of Kingsfield Two, um, because you're kind of tossed into it, and then like the just the way that game is, like I didn't think it was meant to be a horror game, but it played to me like a horror game, and sort of uh the whole deal with the like this corrupt king and like you have to go kill him and oh man i'm having a hard time remember but like there's a big sort of reveal like right in the first level that has to do with the end of kingsfield one um i remember that was pretty ballin 
Oh man, Kingsfield. Oh, Kingsfield too. Oh, Kingsfield. I think I played that one. I, think, I know I had one of them, one of the Kingsfields that I had picked up randomly, and it was like as a kid, I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. So, <laughs> so but it was so cool, man. I want to. Ended play up just selling the game. Oh man, I want to. I want to see if that game holds up because I remember that game used to terrify me. Because you can only see like four feet in front of you, and you're fighting skeletons and giant spiders and shit, and you're in really, yeah, really like dark you swing dungeon. out, and your arm like slaps out with the sword kind of slowly. Yes. Oh my god, man, that was that was Dark Souls long before Dark Souls was Dark Souls. Um, I feel bad that I gave up on that. Now we're gonna have to go back and play those. <laughs> oh man, they were good. I feel like there's there are a few like. Uh, plot moments at the end of tactics that are pretty cool like the first time you see somebody turn into one of those monsters is pretty rad mm-hmm. um i'm starting to draw blanks i know there's a lot more but i'm like you like the the minute i look at the the title i'll remember more about the game you know itself like these like the 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 five just kind of came to me because like they're they're ones that stick with you but like the exactly. more the more you think about moments playing in the genre that uh, just sort of like blow your mind the, the the longer you think about it the more and more you can come up with because there are there are quite a few like just just for to sort of for that because i know there's people that listen to these shows that don't listen to our tabletop ones do you but do you have like two or three memories from playing tabletop that you want to share like the layer like your best two or three moments from that uh well, like just plot beats plot beats are just moments like things okay. that happened that you're like oh god that's ridiculous so I had a character that was a revenant. Yes. And I built this character specifically to avoid dying, like to make it imp- almost impossible to die, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, shit. Let me see if I can find my character sheet so I can see what I had exactly. But fuck it, it's gonna be too long to do that. Um, pretty much, I had invested so many. That we're, this is fourth edition, by the way, and I know a lot of people don't like fourth edition, but it's what we were playing. So um, fourth edition revenant. Um, fuck, I can't remember if I was a defender or what the hell my class yeah, you was. Were, you, were the, you were a tank. You were, um, I'm trying to remember what class you were, because you were Revenant. You uh, were not, you were not a fighter. No, no, I was, I was all about tanking. Um, you, anyway. I, were you a paladin? I don't think it was, I've never made a paladin. Maybe, it wasn't I'm, a sword mage. Pretty sure. Um. It might have been a sword mage. No, 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 let me see here. Was it a warden? I think I found the build. Hold on. That's going to bother me. Because um, I was half-elf. No, you were Revenant. Well, it was a, I was a Revenant, but I, my previous life, my previous oh, race was half-elf. Oh, your half previous elf. life was a half-elf. Okay. Um, and I was a battle mind. Battle mind. Okay, that's, that's, that's right. You had psionic okay. abilities. That's yeah, right. so pretty much... Uh, what I did was I took just a bunch of shit to make sure that all of my rolls, my death saving rolls, were almost impossible to lose, and I could do things while I was dead, mm-hmm. quote unquote, like yeah. unconscious or whatever. Like I could make actions while I was unconscious and do all this kind of crap, so I could still fight even though I was dead. And there was one fight we were like in this arena doing this arena crap for whatever reason, just to make money. I can't remember. Um, and we initially it was like everybody had a one on one fight, and then we went on to team fights. Um, and then we got into this like big four on four, I think it was, mm-hmm. and there was just a bunch of shit wrecking face everywhere. And I must have rolled like it was like eight death saving throws and won them all, and just kept coming back. Like I died, oh, had to so roll death saving throws. I died again, 
had like I got my like because when you when you win the death saving throw, you get your HP back a little, a little bit, right? I um, think that's what was if happening. You, if, so you, if you hit a certain amount, I don't remember. It's it's a yeah because I got it so high, I just needed to roll a certain number and I'd be like, oh, I'm alive with like 20 HP again. Great. Yeah. Um, and I just I kept doing that, and the DM was so pissed. He's like, yeah. Dan was so mad. Stop. <laughs> he was so mad. He like he 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 demanded to see your character sheet like four or five times. He was like, this is not working the way this should work. Oh my god. Like, he uh, killed you at least a dozen times. And I, I have one from the same campaign um, where I had the, that Warforged. And I don't know if you remember this, but at some point, like, I think it was me and you had broke into, like, uh, some government officials, like, hotel room or whatever. Okay. And because we were looking for some papers or something. Oh, no, was it the, we went down to, like, the, the port and, like, we were in the port office. No, we went up to a room. We were up in a room. In a room. We okay. were in a room. Um, for the official, like some official, like we had, I know what you're talking about where we were like in the, the office trying to like bluff our way through getting information, mm-hmm. but I don't think that worked for whatever reason. And we no. went to this hotel room <laughs> and like, we, we sort of, we, we did manage to bluff our way up to the hotel room. Like we got to the room and then we snuck in. I don't know how we managed to do that either, but I remember we're in the room and the people start to show up. So we climb out the window up on the ceiling. So like he's having us like check to jump like from rooftop to rooftop. And of course you're nailing it, right? Like you're just, <laughs> just like rooftop to rooftop to rooftop. And I get to like the third or fourth one and I miss. And like, Fuck so up. like my character like jumps and just goes clanging through all these awnings and hits the ground. And like, I'm like, run, run, run. And I start throwing all these like fire, like lighting the alleys on fire and just take off running. It was terrible. Oh was my good. God. That was amazing. Uh, man, you got like one or two more of them. Um, shit. That was I was so engrossed in that uh, revenant thing that I forgot to think about the other ones. Um, I mean, I remember I remember when you were running a campaign. Like there was some lady that we obviously needed information from. Oh, was it the first campaign? Yeah, because because like okay, I was playing some like brooding dude. I don't remember. No, you're like the dumb brute, and you're yeah. like, and you're like, like you were playing it to fucking T. Like you had like six in- intelligence or some shit, and you're yeah. like, uh, we beat. We beat door down and shit like that. No, I'm like, what was, are you doing? <laughs> yeah, no, I was like, I was like, I want to break the door in, and you're like, okay, roll like athletics or whatever to break the door in, and I fucking failed twice. Yeah, to fucking break the door in, and like then when we finally got the lady, she would talk to us because we tried to kick her door in a few times. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my god, that was all yeah, my memories are when I'm like, I fail spectacularly to do something. Those are the best. Those are the best things usually. Uh, or when I'm trying to, where like when somebody has a character that's obviously trying to do something that they shouldn't, like, aka like, my characters. No, aka uh, uh, Rickety Warforged with zero athletics, jumping roof or acrobatics, jumping roof to roof, and the fact that he kept making me roll to ride a horse. Oh like, yeah. Like we kept getting slowed down because I couldn't ride a horse because it was this big machine dude. Oh my god. I remember, a, 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 like, this is a bit of a preview, but it's been one of my favorite moments in gaming history, uh, tabletop gaming history, that uh, nobody will be able to listen to for a few weeks yet, but um, Nick arguing with a 12-year-old. That was good. Oh, man. <laughs> God damn it. Because, you know what, in my defense, you don't sound like a 12-year-old, all right? So you just, you just fell into arguing with me? You're not acting like a 12-year-old because you've got 26-year-old knowledge. Where a twelve-year-old may not have. Well, and no, so, I was thinking of a kid that was born and raised in in the crime-ridden streets. Like he he was he like you give 
kids less credit than they deserve. Like some kids are smart. Yes, maybe one percent. And he's this one percent man. Whatever. I was just. I I have difficulty getting in character because especially with characters that have knowledge that I have no knowledge of. Like my character is supposed to know all this crap, and I I don't know anything about any of this. So when I go, no, to I don't have, think I don't think that situation was reflected there. Like I think I feel like it because you're like your character's like well, we shouldn't be doing this in the streets, in the open. And I'm like, uh, you know, you, you have a point. I don't know why I'm trying to harass you in the streets right now when people could be watching, so... Well, it seems like... I think it was fair in that assumption that your character didn't quite understand who he was dealing with. Like, all he knew was that he had gotten what he wanted on the first try from this person multiple times. So okay. why is he being belligerent now? Exactly. When you reach the one thing that he won't tell you. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, that seems right. fair that your character was frustrated that. with that. So, um, yeah. But yeah, like, I broke character. I'm like, why am I fucking arguing with a 12 year old? This is dumb. I'm stupid. <laughs> but I'm just like, I'm done. I'm done role playing this right now. And I'm like, I'm walking oh, away. Oh, man. God. So hopefully you all enjoy that. I, we're, I'm enjoying it immensely, this campaign we're doing. So, yeah, it's kind of, it's like a, like a space adventure thing. Um, yeah, and no. true, true to uh, me playing role playing games, I've already done fucked up. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> let's go to the crime den and kill the guards. That's the first thing I want to do when I get there. Yes, but that's that's fine. That's fine. That's that's, that's just, how I'm playing my character, man. Deal with it. We're just trying to pitch people on that. Um. Oh yeah, just crack that soda wide open. Enjoy. That was loud. Okay. Um. Uh, well, it's been recording for an hour, Sam. Yeah, I know. I'm getting ready to. We're getting ready to pull up the outro here. I just gotta pull up the soundboard here. All right. All right. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the RPG Show. You can do a few things for us. First off, you can leave us a rating review on iTunes. Each one counts, and we love you for it. You can email us at podcast@therpgshow.com. You can follow us on Twitter at the RPG Podcast check out our website therpgshow.com you go there there's a link that says forums you click it it'll take you to our forums it's actually been i mean we'll talk to you there so yeah i mean it's cool when people talk there and we talk about everything from the new civil war trailer to tabletop and whatever um yeah i mean raving rude like to talk to you i don't have anything else to add this time around so until next time say goodbye everybody goodbye everybody